Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Good morning. Everybody doing all right? I'm glad you came to church. No? Anybody glad they came to church? I'm glad I came. It's a good day today. And, I, and, and here's the thing. As a pastor, when I look out and see you here on Memorial Day weekend, I realize that you're real Christians, right? <laughs> y'all are the people who are, y'all, you and Jesus, y'all are like this. If you show up on Memorial Day, just let, just let you know, I like y'all more than all the rest of the people, okay? <laughs> Don't tell them that, though. Uh, now, I'm really glad that you're here. And, and I, actually, before I get to the, to the message today, um, it is Memorial Day weekend, and and I just want to just take a moment to honor all those, those, those men and women who gave their life for our country. And if, if you're here today and you have someone in your family who's given their life for our country, would you just raise your hand? Because I just, oh, yeah, there's, there's hands all up. Can we give them a big hand clap? Amazing. And this is, this is just something that I've, I've always liked to do on Memorial Day weekend is I just want to pray um, uh, just a special blessing on those families of the people who represent them today. So um, church, would you just join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Your, your word says no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for another. These men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice, I lift up their families to you, their, their, their sons, their daughters, their grandchildren, and I just thank you the sacrifice that they made comes as a blessing to their, to their generations. That you come right now and you, I just thank you that everything that their families put their hand to, it prospers. That there's a special protection and blessing on their life. That God, you would come and move in mighty ways. I pray that you would provide for them financially. I pray that you would open doors that no man can shut. I pray that you would come and that, that, that you, would, you would send harvesters into their path to bring them provision, to bring them salvation, um, to bring them gifts, God, because of the sacrifice that they made. We just ask that your hand would be upon their families and that you would bless them in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Give them one more big hand clap this morning. <clears throat> Awesome, awesome. Well, welcome to Renew Life. If it's your first time, we're really glad that you are, you're here with us today. And um, as you can see, uh, just being a part of our, our services, we, um, we go after the presence of God. We go after the things of God. Um, it, it, we, we don't worship maybe uh, in ways that you've worshiped at other churches before. And that's not a knock against any other church, but this is just what we feel called to do and to pursue God. We, we are on a, um, when you come to our services, we kind of have a schedule but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a very, it's like written in pencil. You know what I mean? Like you can erase it and we can just let God do whatever he wants to do. And, and, um, and so we just, we are, we are always here, not for um, our own agenda, but we're for his. We're, for, we're, we're here for him and what he wants to do. And um, I, I really feel strongly that today, the Lord, um, as I was praying over the service and what he wanted, to, wanted me to share today, I just kept hearing the word perseverance perseverance. So today I want to talk to you about persevering faith, persevering faith. You know, um, if you've been coming to Renew Life for some time, you realize, just like I said, we, we actually go after the promises of God. Um, let, let me just say it this way. We believe God. We believe God. We believe the Bible. 
We go after signs, wonders, miracles. We believe in that, that, that the gifts did not die with the apostles. We go after prophecy and, and healing and miracles. And where even, even like Dan was up here doing ministry, he's like, hey, text the person that you stood up for and see if anything changed. That's because we actually believe that when we pray, God moves and he does amazing things. And if you've been sitting here for some time, you realize that we not only go after those things in, in these services, but we also push you and encourage you to go after these things in your everyday life. If you've been here for more than two or three weeks, you've probably been in some uncomfortable situations and you've probably been in, a, in these moments where you're like, oh man, I know they're telling me to go and evangelize and tell people about Jesus and we can lay hands on the sick, but I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that yet. You know, I'm not there yet. And, but we, we want you to actually pursue these things. And there's one thing that, that, there's a couple things that you need, but there's one main ingredient that you're going to need whenever you pursue the supernatural, when you pursue signs, wonders, and miracles, when you just go after these things. And it's this little thing the Bible calls faith. Look at your neighbor and say, faith. We need faith. We need courage. You know, I've been trying to live this way for some time now where I'm pursuing the things of God. I'm going after, you know, how many of you have ever heard the, uh, the pastor say, you know, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Yes, he obviously didn't take any English classes, but I get what he's saying. It's like there, there's this risk that, that we have to take. And I've been pursuing this, this life of pursuing miracles, signs, wonders, laying hands on people, telling people about Jesus and if I could just get very, very transparent and honest with you today, I want to talk around this subject because the truth is not every time I've laid my hands on someone have they gotten healed. There's been moments when I've actually prayed for someone's knee or ankle and they looked at me like I was crazy and I was like, have, have, have a good day. <laughs> Nothing happened. There's been moments where I've been around people and they've told people about Jesus and there was really no response from that person. You see, there are actually moments in our life where we go for it, and guess what? We miss it. There's moments in our life, if we live a life of faith, where we actually go after things, and nothing seems to happen in the moment. There's times when I've come up to someone and given them, I mean, straight up, I went up to a couple one time at a young adult service and she was crying and I was like, I just feel like, are, are you believing to get pregnant? They weren't even married, all right? That's how bad my, my word of knowledge was in the moment. That's how bad my prophecy was. That she was like, oh no. And I was like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be trying to get pregnant. If you're not, there's a process that you go through. That happened to me. Yes, it did. There are moments when we miss it. There are moments when we go for it. And the question I want to ask you today is, what do we do when that happens? What do we do when we're called to live a life of faith, but we try to use our faith and it seems like nothing happens? There's not an immediate healing. There's not an immediate breakthrough. There's, there, there, there's not a, an emotional response from the person that you give a word to. What are we called to do in that moment? Are we called to 
you know, shrink away and go hide in our cave for three months and pray a little bit more before we come out and lay hands on someone again? Are we, do we need to go and grow and, and, um, and, 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 and learn more about prophecy before we give our next prophetic word? What, what's the actual process? Because let's just be really, really honest. When we take a step of faith and we, like Peter, jump out of the boat and we actually begin to sink, the truth is it's very discouraging, isn't it? It can actually stop us from pursuing the things of God because we don't ever want to feel that feeling of rejection or shame ever again. But I want to encourage you today, that's exactly the opposite of what God wants you to do. He's not wanting you to shrink back. He's not wanting you to stop. You know what he's wanting you to do? He's wanting to take, he's wanting you to mix your faith with this little thing called perseverance. He's not looking for you to stop. He's not looking for you to give up. He's actually looking for you to persevere. He's actually looking for you to keep going. He's actually wanting you to keep going after the things of God. I've learned this about him. There are, and you, and you, have to, you have to realize this about God. There are moments when he comes through and he breaks through in, a, in an immediate moment. But there are also times when breakthrough comes in a process. There are moments, there are times when breakthrough actually comes over time. And it's in these moments that we actually don't just need faith, but we need faith and perseverance. Hebrews chapter six tells us this very thing. The author of Hebrews, he's, he's talking to us about faith and he, he's talking to um, actually, the, the, the main audience when he's writing Hebrews is Jewish Christians. So these are, these are people who know their Bible, who know the things about God, but they've given their life over to Jesus. They believe in Jesus, and he's kind of walking them through a bunch of things. And look at what he says in verse 10. He says, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish, but check this next part out, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. The author of Hebrews is looking at a group of believers and he's saying, I want you to imitate people who through faith and patience, let me say it this way, who through faith and perseverance, inherit the promises of God. How do we see the promises of God uh, manifest in our life? It actually comes through faith and patience. Why don't you just take a moment and, uh, and just pray with me this morning. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we ask you to show up. We ask you to teach us that you would give us even revelation, give me revelation even as I speak. We thank you that you are the leader, you are the guider into all truth. So we open up our heart, we open up our, our spiritual ears to hear. And Lord, we just say to you, we, we, you have good soil to throw your seed on today. Our heart is, is primed and it's ready to not only hear, but to do what your word says. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. I wanna ask you this question this morning. Have you ever been in a situation where someone or something um, didn't meet your expectations. 
Anybody ever had something not meet your expectations? Maybe, maybe that was you went to a restaurant and they talked it up and you were expecting some amazing food and the food was just eh. Jimmy John's. Um, the food was just, just kind of, <laughs> I told myself, do not say the name of a restaurant. Oh, but I did anyway. Okay, maybe it was a restaurant. Maybe, maybe, it, was, maybe it was a movie. Maybe you, you saw the previews and you were going to this movie. You're like, oh, this movie is going to be dope. And you showed up and it was not. And you wanted to walk out. Anybody ever been in that situation before, right? We all know, we all know what it's like to have unmet expectations, to be expecting one thing and getting something else. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's, a, it's something that we all just go through in life. Um, there's a story in the Bible where this actually happened, where there was this man who, who, walked, who walked through, he had this situation, and it was actually an unmet expectation. He was expecting one thing and he got the other. It's a man by the name of Naaman. If you have your Bible, we're going to read a, the story out of 2 Kings chapter 5, um, verses 1 through, through 14. It's going to be a little bit of a read, but I want to read this, this story to you. And um, this is a story of Naaman getting his healing. So in verse 1, it says, The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a, a, a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders who had invaded the land of Israel and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a mate. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter I present my servant Naaman, I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, remember this is the prophet of God, but when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me and he will learn that there's a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. He said this, I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and, and, and Abana and Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. Verse 13, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River, dipped himself seven times, 
as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Very, very interesting story here in Scripture. And I want us to grab a a couple things from this story. Number one, I just want you to to realize kind of what's happening here. Here, Naaman, he's he's traveling to go get his healing, right? And 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 he shows up. And he shows up to the wrong door the first time. And then, then, then Elisha invites him to come. And Naaman comes with a bag of cash, all right? He shows up to Elisha's house, 150 pounds of silver, gold, clothing, chariots, horses. He comes all the way up to Elisha's house. And he's like, hey, Elisha, not sure if you know, but I'm Naaman, the mighty warrior. Got a lot of goods. And here's what Elisha does. Elisha doesn't even come to the door to greet him. Elisha sends his servant out to tell him what to do. This is why it's hard to be friends with prophets, right? Because they're just, they're just not the friendliest people in the world, right? Elisha doesn't even come out. He says, oh yeah, hey, Gehazi, go out there and tell him. Don't go dip in the, in the river seven times. He'll, he'll be good. And this enrages Naaman. Naaman can't, I, I'm, I'm kind of reading into this, but I feel like Naaman can't stand the fact that Elisha doesn't even come out. In fact, that's what he says. He says, I can't believe you didn't even come out to greet me. I expected you to come out. And then he makes this statement. I expected you to wave your hand over my leprosy and your God to completely heal me of it. I want you to notice Naaman's expectation. I'll even say it this way. I want you to notice Naaman's faith. He had faith that he would show up, Elisha would walk out, he would wave his hand over his body, and he would be immediately healed. And notice what happened in Scripture. God didn't show up the way that Naaman expected him to show up. God did not come through the prophet Elijah and heal Naaman immediately. Even after all the riches he brought, even after the travel that he made, even the the fact that he was a mighty warrior, he did not heal Naaman the way he expected him to heal him. Elisha said, no, here's what God wants you to do. Go down to the Jordan. Go down to the nastiest river. Go down to a river that's nastier than all the ones in your hometown. Go to that one, and I want you to dip seven times. You'll actually get dirtier dipping in the Jordan. You won't even get clean. Just dip seven times. He didn't tell him to go dip one time, not two times. Can you imagine? He said, go wash in the Jordan seven times. Imagine uh, getting in the shower, washing, getting back out, and getting back in the shower, and doing that seven times. It's kind of similar, Right? After the third or fourth time, you're probably thinking, who's watching me? And this is absolutely crazy. But when he did it the seventh time, when he walked through the process, healing came in a process. The promise of God came over time. The promise of God came through his perseverance. The promises of God, actually the miraculous came not in an immediate moment, but it actually came through him obeying and taking steps. And then all of a sudden, boom, he was healed. We see multiple times in scripture that God doesn't always move in an immediate moment. 
that our faith doesn't always get, some, get the, the promise that we want right then. Why did he make the people of Israel walk around Jericho seven times? Not only just seven times, seven days, and on the seventh day, seven times in the seventh day. When you know that God could have done it in a moment. Why does he talk to us about perseverance in scripture? Because there's a side of him that he wants to show us. There's something that he wants us to learn. The, the, reason, the, the reason the word perseverance even exists is because God created the word. And in, and in order for perseverance to actually have its work, there has to be a moment in time where you don't have the thing that you're looking for. In order for you to, 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 to use perseverance, there has to be a journey. I know this is really, really simple, but I just want you to think about it logically. Uh, you can't use perseverance unless you have to wait. Unless there's some difficulty there. Unless there's some delay there. Isn't this an encouraging message? It's just like that you, you have to wait. But so many times, you know what I find as believers, people who are actually living by faith, we don't know this about God. We don't know this about faith. And so when we go to pray for someone and something doesn't immediately happen, our first thought is, what's wrong with me? Our first thought is, I don't have enough faith. Our first thought is, oh, I'm the, I'm the disciple with little faith. I'm not, I must not be doing it right. I must not have prayed right. I must have a sin that I don't even know about somewhere in my life. There must be some demonic thing on me. We go crazy in our head. I must not be, here's the one for you, I must not be gifted like so-and-so. And what if the reason is because God's wanting you to actually mix a little perseverance with your, with your faith? What if he's leading you to dip seven times? What if he's leading you to continue to pray? I have a guy here that is in our church, and I told him this last week. I've been praying for his knee to be healed. I probably prayed four or five times, and it hasn't happened. But the Lord told me last, the, the, before last Sunday, go to him and tell him, I'm going to pray for your knee every single Sunday. Do not leave any Sunday unless I, until I pray for your knee because I'm praying until I see that knee healed. Why? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix perseverance with my faith. I'm not gonna quit because his knee didn't get healed the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time. I'm not even gonna worry about the fact that I'm the campus pastor, he's coming to my church, and even the campus pastor can't get me healed. Real thoughts. No, come here, I'm gonna pray for your knee again. Because I've seen this about God, he works over time. You know, I think we're a lot, a lot like Naaman. We sound exactly like him. We, we show up to God just like he showed up to Elisha. And, um, and, and, and literally, we would use the same words that Naaman used. Lord, I expected you to wave your hand over my situation and make it all better. Just, just wave your hand over that financial situation and then boom, $2,000 check in the mail. I've heard about it. Where's my $2,000 check? Right? I've, literally, I've, never met, I've never met one person who came to me and they said, you know, I'm really believing for a financial miracle, but I'm, I'm just hoping that God takes a little bit of time because I just really need to work on my perseverance. 
No one's ever come up to me and said that. I want you to think about this. You, you never pray. You've never prayed and asked God for something and didn't want him to do it immediately. Not one time. In fact, I would even say you're not supposed to. Real faith reaches out and it grabs a hold of the promise now. So I'm not saying that we live a life where we come and we pray for people or we ask God to move in our life and we expect an amount of time to pass before he moves. No, no, no. I'm saying when he doesn't move immediately, there's something that should click in your mind that says, oh, I'm gonna mix a little perseverance here. I'm gonna keep believing. I'm gonna keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Multiple times in scripture, it tells us to keep going after it. Um, look at what um, James chapter one It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith. This is gonna step on some word of faith people's toes, right? Your faith can be tested. I didn't say it, scripture said it. Your faith is tested. Now, didn't plan to say this, let me just throw another disclaimer out. God does not bring sickness on your body to test your faith. That is not a testing of your faith. Really, 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 really clear. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. If it's stealing, if it's killing, or it's destroying your life, it is not from God, it is from the enemy. Come on, somebody, say amen. Okay? But the testing of your your faith is this walking out that I'm talking about. It's this process that we go through. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And here's the scripture that none of us like. You ready? Let perseverance finish its work. In other words, James is like, you need to let this thing ride out. Let perseverance finish its work, but look at, look at what happens when you do so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I, uh, I, remember, I remember hearing a pastor, uh, I was at a conference and he came and he was a, a healing evangelist type of guy and he seen a lot of people healed and um, he, he even, he brought up this own question. He said, he said, many people ask me, why do some people get healed and some people not? And his answer was, I don't know. All I know is that more people get healed when I pray than when I don't pray. You know what? I'm not going to sit up here or stand up here and act like I have all the answers to why sometimes God moves in in an immediate moment and why sometimes it takes a process and why sometimes it's just over time and why sometimes he actually doesn't even answer the prayer that we're actually believing for. In, in, the, in the, how many know about the hall of faith chapter in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11? You know how it finishes that, that, that whole great faith chapter? It says, all these people passed away, not obtaining the thing that they were, the things, some of the things they were believing for. Even the great people of faith passed away, not seeing all that they wanted to see from God. It's kind of a, 
as I'm preaching this and hearing myself say this, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a weird dynamic because in some ways it, it almost sounds like it's not faith, but it's actually what faith really, really is. It's being able to look at a situation and say, you know what? That's not what I want it to be. That's not what I believe God wants to do in that situation. So I'm going to keep believing no matter what. I'm gonna hold on to his word. I'm gonna hold on to what I know he said, even though my experience is not lining up with the word right now. I remember there was a, there's been many moments in my life where God has actually come through in a moment. We were having a staff prayer one time and we were all just all kind of praying over, over the church and all kinds of things. And then we started to pray over one of our interns. And um, as, as we were praying, I just, I just felt the Lord say that um, he was going to give this intern a car. And I was like, cool, you know, that's, that's always a great prophecy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you feel really good about giving that word until the Lord was like, no, he's gonna give it to him today. And I was like, cool, hold on a second, God. <laughs> you want me to say today? And I just felt it so strong on the inside. And I looked at him and said, Tommy, the Lord said he's gonna give you a vehicle. Everyone's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, it's happening today. It's gonna happen today. He was like, when you give someone a word like that, they have no idea what to do. They're like, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. Sure hope so. Or what kind of car? <laughs> and, and, uh, and it wasn't 10 seconds later that Cody, who preached here last week, said, that's the word that I needed. Cody, I'm gonna give you my truck. And he gave him his truck right there on the spot. And you might say, well, that's, that's a guy that you know and y'all talked before. No, no. I gave a prophetic word and the person was already right there in the room and handed over the keys to this kid. I've seen God move in an instant. That's where our faith needs to be, where our faith needs to sit, where it needs to stay. Wow, God can do that. When we pray in our services and we lay hands on people, we're believing they get healed right then. But I also want you to realize that when you go out into this world and you begin to pray and believe for people, don't stop because you face a little bit of resistance. Amen. Hear me today. You're not allowed to quit. You are not allowed to quit. Don't quit. If you've, if you've stopped, pick it back up again. If you've gotten discouraged, here's your, here's your little butt tap and your encouragement. Go pray for people. Go do it. Don't stop. Many of you know of Todd White, who's a healing evangelist. He said he prayed for 100 people before he saw his first miracle. I, I've seen this with God. Sometimes we don't pray because of our faith. Sometimes we pray for faith. See, I, I laid hands on a guy last week and when I, lay hand, when I laid hands on him during worship, first of all, it scared him. So there was that. So we had to get past the fact that I frightened him right in the middle of a worship song. But I could tell when I laid my hands, nothing was happening. And I, and I just began to pray and began to pray. And mo most of the time I would pray and then I would just kind of like, okay, Lord, if you, you know, I, I spoke it, you're gonna do it. But the Lord just had me keep my hand on him. 
And I just began to say the same thing over and over and over. And, and here's what happened. The more that I prayed, the more that faith came. And the more that I heard myself saying what I was saying, the more I started to believe it. And the more that he started to believe it. And we just kept, it just kept going and going and going and going until finally, boom, the Holy Spirit came and moved in his, in his inner world. Tears began to stream down his face. He had an experience that he's never had before in the Lord. He told me later, it felt like electricity was running through his whole body. He could barely get home. He could barely stand up in the moment. It was a God moment. And thank God that I didn't just say, well, my words didn't do it. I'm going to stop. But I persevered and God moved. I persisted. Mark chapter 11, I, I didn't, I didn't um, learn this until late last night. I was reading a book and it actually popped up, which is pretty cool. We all know the story of the, uh, the disciples when they came to Jesus and they said, we tried to cast out this demon in this boy and it didn't work. Anybody raise your hand if you know the story I'm talking about. And then, and, and so Jesus gets ticked off. He's like, this perverse generation. And he's like, demon come out and moves on about his business. The disciples come and they say, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out that one? He said, because of your little faith. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea and it'd be done. We read, I've read that scripture for years and I thought, okay, that's little faith. Didn't have enough faith. You know what that word little actually means in the Greek? It means brief. Jesus wasn't saying you didn't have enough faith. He was saying you didn't hold on to that little faith long enough. That word there, it means brief. In other words, it's not, this, this is not a, it's, it's not about how the amount of your faith he tells us we just need faith the size of a mustard seed. So if I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been discouraged before. It's like, well, nothing happened. You're like, a mustard seed's little. And that, I must have littler faith than even that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying have just a little bit of faith, but hold on to it in the midst of the storm. Hold on to it long enough when you don't see the answer. Keep going and keep going and keep going. Do not grow weary in well-doing. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. persevering faith. I've run out of time. I want to give you four ways today, four ways to persevere, and I'll close. <clears throat> this is four ways. It's a great time to take out your phone and, and at least act like you're writing something down just so I feel good. Um, no, no, for real, write these down. Four ways to persevere. Number one, remind yourself that perseverance is actually biblical. In other words, what I'm saying is, don't think something's wrong with you because you have to persevere. Whenever you're in a moment, you're persevering. Oh yeah, Lord, this is exactly what you want, want to do. You told me to count it all joy that if I just keep going and persevere, I'll actually become full and complete, lacking in nothing. Remind yourself perseverance is biblical. Number two, set a goal and remind yourself of that goal. As you go to pray for people, what's your goal? One of my goals is when I lay hands on the sick, I want to see them recover. I want to see healings in my day. 
I want my words to mean something. I desire to give prophetic words that change people's lives. See, my goal is to do those things. So whenever I, whenever I face a little bit of adversity, I just remind myself of the goal and I just keep going. Number three, this, is, this one's really good. Base your faith on the word of God, not your experiences. As you go out to risk it, risk it for the biscuit. As you go out there to, to go for it with people, here's what I'm saying. If you have a couple of negative experiences, get your nose right back into the word of God. Don't let your experiences tell you who your God is. Let scripture tell you who your God is. Base your faith on the word of God and not your experiences. And then number four, involve your community. It's impossible for you to persevere without people around you. You need godly people. Sometimes you don't have enough faith. Sometimes you don't have enough grit to keep going. And you need someone to come alongside you and say, hey, hey, bro, I got you. I got you. You keep doing this thing. I'll go with you. I'll believe for you. Oh, there's this thing in your life you're not seeing breakthrough. Here, let me, let me, just, let me just take this upon my shoulders for a little bit and believe and release my faith for your life. Begin to involve your community. It's a way that we can all persevere. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.